Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Limelight Outdoors. On the mic with you from the recliner once again. It's a Monday. It's been a Monday all day. <laughs> and it started off like a Monday, and it's continued like a Monday, and it's still a Monday. So I'm going to give you a Monday-style message. What I got tonight to share with you, basically just some scripture, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But I titled this Peace of Mind. Anybody right now struggling with peace of mind? You know, I mean, it just seems like we're, we're we continue to talk about the chaos of our world, the chaoticness, the, the, the depravity of our society. There's, my goodness, there's so many areas of life that are just up, upside down. That's a, that's a great way to put it. So, and, and including myself, I struggle, I struggle with peace. I struggle with peace of mind. Um, I have some anxiety issues. I, I get angry. Um, Rhonda laughs at me quite frequently because um, I, I literally can, if I'm not careful, can make myself throw up and, and just because I get so anxious about things. And, and I know we're not supposed to worry. You know, God tells us not to worry, but our human nature is at, was at war with our spiritual side all the time. So I, I struggle. I, I am one of those who struggle with anxiety. And you're probably going to hear some booming and banging going on in the background because there's a big thunderstorm going on right now. So I've been pouring down rain here all day. But with that, I, I want to talk about peace of mind. And we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 15. So Proverbs chapter 15, starting with verse 1, it says, a soft, gentle, a soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful and careless words stir up anger. I mean, I think we understand that, right? We we see it. We we see the results of all of that. That that if we use a soft or gentle or thoughtful answer when someone asks a question or makes a statement, it, it turns away the wrath. But but if we respond harshly or with a painful response or careless words, it obviously stirs up a fight. We wind up stirring up anger. It goes on to say the tongue of the wise speaks knowledge that is pleasing and acceptable. But the babbling mouth of fools spouts folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good in all their endeavors. A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perverse tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. A flippant, arrogant fool rejects his father's instructions and corrections. But he who is willing to learn and regards and keeps in mind a reprimand acquires good sense. I mean, man, some of this is some powerful, powerful wordage. Great and priceless treasure is in the house of the consistently righteous one who seeks godly instruction and grows in wisdom. But trouble is in the income of the wicked who reject the laws of God. Man, again, you can almost preach a message on each one of these. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, sifting as it is as chaff from the grain, but the hearts of short-sighted fools are not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of life of the wicked is hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord, but he loves one who pursues righteousness, personal integrity, moral courage, and honorable character. There is severe discipline for him who turns away from the way of righteousness, and he who hates correction will die. Shoal, the netherworld, the place of the dead, 
and Abaddon, the abyss, the place of the eternal punishment, lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts and inner motives of the children of men. A scoffer, unlike a wise man, resents one who rebukes him and tries to teach him, nor will he go to the wise for counsel and instruction. A heart full of joy and goodness makes a cheerful face, but when a heart is full of sadness, the spirit is crushed. I think we can all see that picture really well. The mind of the intelligent and discerning seeks knowledge and eagerly intrigued inquires after it, but the mouth of the stubborn fool feeds on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a glad heart has a continual feast regardless of the circumstances. That Man, there's, there's some power right there. All the days of the afflicted are bad. So, so those who are afflicted, those who are struggling, those those who who, who look at this world in, in the in the wrong light, uh, those who constantly are contradicting things, those who are constantly looking at the negatives, that's a bad deal. But a glad heart has a continual feast, regardless of the circumstances. So no matter how bad it is, no matter what you're being served, this this glad heart, this righteousness, is is like a continual feast. Better is a little with the reverent worshiper fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. Better is a dinner of vegetables and herbs where love is present than a fattened ox served with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger and patient calms disputes. The way of the lazy is like a hedge of thorns. It pricks, lacerates, and entangles him, but the way of life of the upright is smooth and open like a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Foolishness is joy to him who is without heart and lacks intelligent common sense, but a man of understanding walks uprightly, making his course straight. Without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors they are established and succeed. A man has a joy in giving an appropriate answer. And how good and delightful is a word spoken at the right moment. How good it is. The chosen path of life leads upward for the wise, but he may keep away from Shoal, the netherworld, the place of the dead, below. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud and arrogant, the self-righteous, but he will establish and protect the boundaries of the land of the godly and the widow. Evil plans and thoughts of the wicked are exceedingly vile and offensive to the Lord, but pure words are pleasant words to him. He who profits unlawfully brings suffering to his own house, but he who hates bribes and does not receive nor pay them will live. The heart of the righteous thinks carefully about how to answer in a wise and appropriate and timely way, but the babbling mouth of the wicked pours out male, I can't even pronounce that word, malevolent things. The Lord is far from the wicked and distances himself from them, but he hears the prayer of the consistently righteous, that is, those with a spiritual integrity and moral courage. Let me say that again. The Lord is far from the wicked and distances himself from them, but he hears the prayer of the consistently righteous, that is, those with spiritual integrity and moral courage. The light of the eyes rejoices the hearts of others, and good news puts fat on the bones. The ear that listens to and he- and learns from the life-giving rebuke, reprimand censure, will remain among the wise. 
He who neglects and ignores instruction and discipline despises himself. But he who learns from rebuke acquires understanding and grows in wisdom. The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the instruction for wisdom, its starting point and its essence. And before honor comes humility. Again, that's such a such a powerful piece of scripture, such a powerful passage. It's Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 33. I'd encourage you to, to maybe look that back up and do a little study on that because it's something I think all of us need to catch from time to time because we find ourselves being uh, on that negative vibe. We, we find ourselves being in that critical area, that, that critical spirit where we're, you know, we're being critical of everything we see it, it, because it's the, it's the nature of what we live in today. It's the nature of our society today. It, it, it seems to be the norm to be critical of everything that we encounter. And that's not what God's looking for from us. The, 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 right off the bat, that very first passage where it talks about um, the soft and gentle and thoughtful answer turns away wrath, but harsh and painful words and careless words they stir up anger. And I, I think we all understand that. I think that's a simple equation. It's something that we all can adhere to, but it's, all, it's often hard to do. It's, it's way easy in the society that we live in today to immediately turn to the negative, to immediately look for something wrong in anything that we're looking at, something wrong in anything that we hear someone say. And, and, and our, our, our shift in this this realm of the world that we're living in has a tendency to shift to that negative, has, has a shift to, 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 to seek out the negative so that we can badmouth it, so that we can talk about it, so we can critique it. And that's just not what God's asking us to do. It is a difficult place. I, I catch myself in it quite frequently. I, I struggle with not being critical of others. And, and what God is saying is, is, is that soft and gentle word. You know, if, if we would learn to, to, to bring about a soft spirit, if we'd learn to bring about gentle words, encouraging things, you know, speaking encouragement rather than, than being critical of something, you know, we can set the environment. Everything around us, we can, we can set the environment with our response, with how we see it. Because if you notice, if, if you begin to get critical, those around you will instantly jump right on board. And then the next thing you know, you're just having this bashing party of whatever it is you're talking about. Well, what if you set the tone in a different way? What if you set the tone with, with gentle and soft words? What if you set the tone with, with quality things, looking for the good in something? And, and look at what that does to that negative vibe. It destroys it. it. It's like taking our thoughts captive. The Bible talks about taking our thoughts captive. Take every thought captive and make it subject to, to the to the the word of God to, to, to Jesus Christ. And by doing so, we capture that negativity and, and we subject it to the power of Christ, to the love of Christ. Everything we do needs to be in love. Yeah, I understand that's that's easier said than done sometimes. But if we if we would look to be positive in, in our in our world, if we would look to be positive in our thinking, if, if instead of jumping to the negative right off the bat, we would look to find the positive in that thing, maybe our lives would begin to, to be more at peace. You know, again, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with, with worry. I struggle with things that, that I shouldn't. But it's hard for me to control those. I have to stop every now and again and just gather my thoughts. And, and, and like Rhonda said, you know, just to take a moment and, and pray over those moments, just to know that, hey, man, I don't have to fall apart here. 
You know, my God is in control, and I'm only going to be able to do the best that I can do, and, and I can't do anything else. So I have to just be me in the presence of this thing. You you can do the same. If you suffer with anxiety, I, I encourage you to do the same thing. When it when it begins, when it starts to build up inside of you, just stop and take those thoughts captive. Make them subject to Christ. How do you take a thought captive? One of the simplest ways I know to describe it is is I like to use a particular old worship song. It was a hill song uh, called Jesus Lover My Soul. When my mind is wandering off in a place it shouldn't be, whether it's worry, fret, anxiety, or, or, or even any, any negativity or, or bad thoughts that I've got going on in my mind, if I'll catch that, if I'll recognize that, and I, and I begin to, to, to let that little little worship song start playing in my mind, and the next thing you know, my mind's thinking about that worship song, and it's no longer thinking about the things that are making me anxious or nervous or, or worrying or, or all of, all of the, the negativity that's going on around me, and it puts me in a more positive place, in a more positive atmosphere. I've, I've captured those, those thoughts, and I've made them subject to the power of Christ through a simple worship song. I, I encourage you to try that. I encourage you to... to, to Whatever it is, maybe it's a scripture, maybe it's a memorized scripture that you have. Use that. When, when your mind twists off, when your anxiety flares up, when worry takes over, when, when this negativity comes upon you, maybe try to quote that scripture in your mind. Get something out of memory going in your mind that captures those, those negative thoughts, those anxious moments, those, those worrisome times, and, and it puts them into subjection to Christ and the power of Jesus. Amen. May God bless you guys. Thank you so much for all your support. Thank you for tuning in, listening to these podcasts. Our listener base is growing. Thank you for sharing these. Do the best you can. If you know somebody that needs to hear one of these messages, click on that link, copy it, paste it into a text message, paste it into a message on Facebook, or or even even share it on your Facebook profile. Uh, Share these messages out with other people that you think may need to hear them. I know that it happens from time to time, and and. God is moving. He's changing lives. We're seeing it firsthand and foremost. Amen. Continue to pray for Ron and I. Uh, man, we, we are both struggling with, with physical things. I've got a knee that is just, uh, fighting me tooth and nail. I've got, <laughs> I've got a back. I've got, I've got, man, I got all kinds of problems. I'm like a basket case, man. I'm falling apart. But, but anyway, pray for us. Uh, pray for us physically. Pray for us emotionally. Uh, we're going through a difficult time with her having to live with her dad almost full time now. And, and, and so we're separated a lot. We talk all the time. We, we see each other when we can. But, but you know, that's a, that's a hardship on us. And, and we want to be closer together. We want to, we want to be able to do the things that God's given us to do uh, as a couple and share life together. So continue to pray over us. Pray over our families as, as we continue to process life. Amen. Thank you for your financial support. If, if it's something you choose to do or would like to do, all of our giving links are on the webpage, www.livinglightoutdoors.com. Again, we love you. We're praying for you. Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you for all you're doing and praying with us, partnering with us, walking with us on this journey. May God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.